long time ago in early 2020. I have an idea for a podcast. Oh, awesome. Who are you? I'm Connor, don't worry about that. So, your podcast, right? Uh, the idea is that uh, you have a host the, who brings in a movie of their choice each week and then we talk about it. Huh. So, like a book club, but instead of books, it's movies, and instead of a club, we make it a podcast. Pretty much. Huh. I like that idea. And what are we going to call it? It was Connor, right? I don't know, maybe something like a book club before films, I guess? Wait, you want to call it what? That's... that's terrible. Um, what about who brought the popcorn? Yeah, sure, that's, that's, that's way better. Huh. Narrator, you are a genius. <laughs> well... Oh, you know what could we call? How about you help us with this podcast? Want to help host it? Well, it sounds like you might need the assistance. And thus, Who Brought the Popcorn was born. In fact, dear audience, it's time to sit back and relax, because you're about to listen to the very first episode. Hello and welcome to Who Brought the Popcorn. I'm Connor. I'm Georgia. And I'm Josh. This week, I brought the popcorn with Teen Wolf. When high school nobody Scott Howard dreamed of being something special, he never expected to be a werewolf. Now with his newfound powers, he becomes leader of the pack, but at what cost? That was a good synopsis. I really like the voice you did for that. Top notch. Thank you. So, what do you guys think of Teen Wolf? Well, all I can really say about this movie, the only thing that comes to my head is that song that goes, I'm going through changes. That's this entire movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they had a werewolf song in the movie. They played that song at some point in the movie, and I rated it a, a three out of five. Fair enough. Josh, what do you think? Well, I really enjoyed this movie. It's genuinely funny. It has a great cast. And there was even like a little bit of a hint of dramatic backstory, which is always good in a comedy. And this had it. So that was great. You know, there was a bit of a love triangle going on, a cool relationship between Scott and his dad. I was going to give this movie four stars, but I can't because... There are some mistakes with continuity and things like that, uh, which makes sense because apparently they shot this in like three weeks. But it's for that reason that I am giving this 3.9 stars. So, so close to four stars, but just not quite there. So, okay. That's, that's interesting. They shot it in three weeks because that makes sense because I went back and watched the trailer uh, before the podcast, and it was very much like, Michael J. Fox is having a tough time, because this came off the heels of Back to the Future. Mm, yeah. This is like the same year, and it, f- it feels like it, like maybe a month or two after that film came out, this film did. Like, they're like, get Michael J. Fox, he, he, he's popular now, go, 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 we can make, we can make a film. <laughs> but yeah, so my general thoughts on it is that it's fine, it's alright, it's a bit... <laughs> It's alright, it's an alright film. It's it's kind of dumb, it's very much full of cliches, and it's a bit dated in, like, a few scenes. But, like, it's fine. It's not bad by any means, but, like, it's not completely great either, so I give it a 3 out of 5. Now, if you haven't seen Teen Wolf, that's all good. Consider watching it before you listen to the podcast. Otherwise, this is your gentle reminder that we'll be talking about Teen Wolf in detail, so be prepared for spoilers. So, I've been told by my co-hosts that (laughs) I should mention the fact that this is the 1985 film starring Michael J. Fox, and not the 2010 decade. Somewhere around there, yeah. In in the 2010s, the, the TV show remake, which is a drama... 
That's... I suppose that's fair. Right, so... Let's start getting into the film. So we have Scott Howard. He's, again, like I said in the synopsis, he's kind of a nobody, but he kind of wants to be, like, special and stuff, and he has his uh, his good friend Styles. Yeah, Styles is a big part of it. He's, he's his bestie. Bad influence on Scott. Oh, he's he's terrible. And then you have uh, Booth, who's the who's the main female character. Yeah, Scott's longtime childhood friend, and she's got a crush on him. The cliche of the childhood friend. <laughs> yeah, and even though I do say it is a cliche, like it's not just a straight cliche. There is a little bit to it. Where I'm like, yeah, that. For example, um, <laughs> now we'll get to that scene. Yeah. So some of the other main characters we have is. Uh, Pamela Wells, like the the pretty girl of the school, and then like the the popular one, the popular one. There you go. And then and, and Scott's like, oh, if only she would talk to me. And Booth's like, come on, she's mm-hmm. got a boyfriend. Poor Booth. She really likes Scott. Yeah, I think in one of my notes I've got I've written down like, poor Booth. Yeah, we've got Booth pining <laughs> for Scott and Scott pining for the pretty popular girl who doesn't even know he exists. And then we have like. Scott's dad, Harold Howard. Scott's Scott's dad is a lad, though. He's a great guy. Such a really nice, caring father. And no, James good. Hampton, the actor for that, he played the role really well. Like, you could really see his empathy for mm, his no, son really and well. other people around. I, I really like that character a lot. And then I think we only really have two other characters to mention, which is, like, uh, Coach Bobby mm. Feinstock. He's great. I love who him. Who is the pr- probably the funniest character in the film. <laughs> One line I do want to mention of his that I just really liked so much I had to write down is he said, it doesn't matter how you play the game. It matters if you win or lose. That was such a good line. And then he said, <laughs> even that doesn't really matter. Oh, what a great inspirational coach. It is a great line. It is. Uh, and the other character we have is uh, Vice Principal Rusty Thorne. What a name! <laughs> and the vice principal uh, hates Scott, and at first we don't know why. It is later explained the reason why Rusty is not a big fan of Scott, and so we and we will get to that when we get to um, that part of the movie. I was just going to bring up the opening scene. I, I, obviously, it's like a bit of like, hey, it's just the introduce going, hey, these guys suck at <laughs> basketball. They're not great. Like, they do all right, but, like, you know, the other team scored 72 points and we scored 12. Not that so, great. like, you know. But, like, they had the moment where it's, like, the slow motion, like, thud on the ground, thud on the ground, bounce, bounce, bounce. The th- the ball gets thrown in the air, it's slow motions, it hits the rim, and then it just goes off. Yeah, and he misses. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that, that's a funny scene. <laughs> and they started the sound for that very beginning, like, bouncing basketball thing before you could actually see what was going on, which I thought was oh, a really yeah. cool effect. Like, in the opening credits, you could hear the basketball bouncing, yeah, a, a bit good, of panting, yeah. and you're like, oh, what's going on? And then they yeah. revealed the visual part of the basketball game after they'd shown a couple of credits. So I thought that was a cool effect, a good way to start the movie. Yeah, it was cool. Mm. Well, I have a couple notes from the start of things that I found kind of funny, just the occasional line that I thought was kind of funny from the very beginning of the movie. Right, yeah, okay. There was that bit, as I said in my first thoughts, about the I'm going through changes. Mm. There was also a very sudden KFC product placement. Yeah. <laughs> which, oh, that, was, that was funny. <laughs> which was great. Yeah, that's the... That's the weird thing about this movie, though. It seemed like there were so many product placements. Yeah. Adidas appeared on their singlets and their shoes all the time, all throughout the movie. I noticed the KFC, but I guess I didn't notice the Adidas. <laughs> he was always wearing, like, Adidas socks or shoes and, like, constantly just flexing on everyone with it. <laughs> and the budget was, like, 1.2 million US, I heard, so... That's surprising. I thought if they were featuring like big brands like KFC and Adidas, they'd pay them for it, but maybe they just really like KFC and Adidas. I mean, you never know. It just made me so hungry <laughs> when that scene came up. It was just this box of KFC, and I remember thinking, oh, I'm really hungry. Yeah. I could really go for some KFC. <laughs> it was an effective wow. product placement. I'll give them that. <laughs> yeah, like it was good where it was like a funny where it's like it's like oh okay, all right, I didn't expect to see this in the film. All yeah. right. 
it's not something like the Power Rangers movie in which they're like, oh, the the climax is had a Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> I did. I did also find it kind of funny in this movie how much plot info they would give in like single sentences. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. They were revealing a lot of the story in the dialogue, which they tell us at uni. That's a big no-no. That was a bit of a shame, but I still think they did a good job. <laughs> I mean, I didn't hate it. It just it led to some funny bits, like when I think Scott's his name, wasn't it? He was walking down kind of yep. the main street with um. Was her name Boof, by the way? Uh, no, that, that's a nickname. That's a nickname in the <sighs> film. So in the credits, just... in the credits, it's still under Boof, but her character's name is Lisa. <laughs> just the first time it was said, I remember thinking, it's, "What?" It's, so so <laughs> I, in... <laughs> what a weird thing to call someone. Yeah. It, like, there's no context for it. It's like, yeah, Boof. She is Boof. That's so weird. Who made that decision and why? <laughs> why not? Like, one of the other characters' names is Styles. S-T-I-L-E-S. Yeah. Another brilliant choice because it's different to other movies. I, I liked the names. I love Boof. It's a great name. I thought it was hilarious. It wasn't a bad thing. It was just hilarious. But there, there is that scene where they're kind of walking down the main street and Scott essentially says, like, I hate this town. I want to leave. I don't want to keep working for my dad in the hardware store. <laughs> and, like, quick little specification of everything that's going on, which was just so funny. I just didn't notice that. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, they're just having a conversation like one does. Because you would never specify. You'd be like, oh, I don't want to keep working for my dad. But he explicitly says, I don't want to keep working for my dad in the hardware store. Down the street, across the block. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're breaking the show-don't-tell rule. They are indeed, yeah. Before we leave that beginning scene with, like, where, where, um, where Scott's like, I'm going through changes. Like, the coach was like, because, you know, Scott's like, I want to quit the team. And he's like, well, you know, there's another guy who wanted to quit the team a couple years back, and he... His mother, like, she had some sort of, like, cancer or something, and he he quit school and stuff to go and, like, get a job to take care of her. And, he, and, Scott, and Scott's like, what happened? And he goes, I don't know, he quit. <laughs> the coach, I think, is my favorite character in the whole uh, movie. He, he's, he's great. He's so much fun. Oh, yeah. He has a line at the start when Scott went to speak to him, and the same scene is the, the KFC product placement. And the only note I took was just the two genders, drugs and girls. Because he says some kind of line about, like, the two oh, things yeah. that distract guys. He's like, is it drugs or is it girls? And I was like, ah, oh, yes, the two genders, drugs and girls. <laughs> yeah, because he was like, well, what are you having problems with? Because he was like, oh, coach, I've got a bit of a problem. And he's like, oh, what is it Ooh, with? Oh, impression or girls? number one. That was a good impression. That wow. was pretty good. Ah, shucks. Can you, can you keep... T- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> Yeah. I, I also, so in the locker room, we also got to meet Styles for the first time, who has these shirts with like I was. Oh. I don't like him. His style, I love, but the character Styles. Here is how I try to encapsulate Styles in my notes, right? So I just wrote straight crackhead macho slash soft boy energy with some very camp notes to his character. Yeah, I I got <laughs> got the feeling that he was like he secretly hadn't come out. He's not accepted his own sexuality. Yeah, that's kind of like... That is fair. That is a very interesting take, especially from the scene that happens later on, in which we're all a bit like, ooh. Well, he does, yeah. but that's also a very common thing for people who aren't accepting their own sexuality, is to insult it. That's true. You guys would know if you'd watched Glee. Come on. <laughs> that's like a key character point in Glee. And they had Glee in Community. Oh. <laughs> Community's the only show you need to watch. <laughs> No, but, um, what was... So we were talking about Styles and Styles' style. Yeah, I was just going to point out his shirts. His shirts are amazing. <laughs> see, the first time you see him, his shirt says, Life sucks and then you die. <laughs> I want that on a shirt. <laughs> I saw that and I'm like, oh, that's a... I don't know, it's, uh, it's a bit morbid. But that's the point, you know? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then later on, the next shirt, Obnoxious the Movie. Uh, and when he and he had these cool glasses in like the scene when he was trying to get the keg of beer and I was like couldn't wear them nowadays but those are cool glasses you know we actually sell glasses that look just like that at Oakley 
called the Cliftons. And really? basically, they've got like a shade over the sides, and it's for people who do like outdoor mountain climbing and stuff like that. Cool. Would not recommend those ones though, unless you're out climbing mountains or fishing. I would also not recommend wearing them driving. He does it in the film, and I'm like, I don't know, that's not very safe. <laughs> I'm not sure you could call yeah. Styles a safe character though. Considering <laughs> A, he changes into like a Hawaiian shirt specifically to then go B, stand on top of the van and surf it while driving. Yeah, van surfing. That was good. That was good. I just love that he changed shirts just for that. I was just not a fan of this character. I'm like, oh, come on, stop. Come on, don't get off, get off the roof of the car. You're going to... That, that's, that's dangerous, man. One thing I did find out, though, when they were shooting that scene, the actor actually stood on top of a moving car. Really? Yeah, yeah. They had, like, cables and everything, like one going through his pants and into the roof of the van. But basically, the actor, Jerry Levine actually stood on top of a car in the middle of the night and they were driving through town Just like a that. hardcore lad. Yeah, but basically, it was a good scene, though. Like, he was surfing on the top of the van and the song that they had, Surfing in the USA, going yeah. along with that, that was perfect. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the song was a perfect choice. Yeah, I, I can agree on that. Everyone is so sweaty in this movie, by the way. It is. <laughs> everyone is soaked. I have a note that just says, why is everyone so sweaty all the time? It opens and it's just dripping. I think they did that on purpose, though, for comedic effect. Because it is a comedy movie. But to a point, it's like comedic effect. After that, it's just super gross. <laughs> yeah, like um, a good example for sweating for comedic effect yeah. is uh, Aeroplane. Like that—that's that's a good example of that. I haven't seen that one yet. Maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Did you say you haven't seen Airplane? Oh come on, we have to watch Airplane. That's crazy. Mm. I've—I'll probably choose that as a movie. Okay, cool. And then we have the scene where uh, Booth and I almost <laughs> called him Marty uh, and Scott. <laughs> Like, there were so many times in the, when I was watching this film going, McFly, <laughs> no, don't do that. But it was... So, like, uh, they're walking, and he's like... He's like, I don't want to work with my dad at the mm. hardware store. And so, like, they're talking like that, and then he goes to the hardware store, and he's all... Slight to- point about the hardware store scene. When he walks in, you can see in the window, there's a girl standing there just, like, painting a box yellow. And then she appears oh, again okay. later... Paint, like when they go back to the hardware store, still painting the same box yellow. It's just, it's just she this white. She had to white, get it perfect. It's just this white big thing that she's just standing there painting yellow, and it seems like such a weird. <laughs> someone made the decision to put her there. Well, that's very observant. I, wow, I didn't, I didn't notice that. I like to think she's painting part of a set for a later scene, and they didn't realize that she was <laughs> in the way. Because I think, like, at this point in the film, we're starting to get a little bit of hints of, like, maybe Scott's got, like, some bit of a werewolf in him. I don't know. He's acting... Like, he's got a shirt off on the locker and he's got, like, one really long hair. He plucks it. Yeah, and so, and, like, this is a kid with a dog whistle and he's like, ah, my ears! And stuff. And I've written down, because as over a few scenes, like, the transformation's like, a thing happens and he looks back and it's gone and I'm like... Realistically, this is the weirdest transformation to a werewolf. Because normally it just happens. Like, it all... Like, it can happen, like, grotesquely, like, in something like American Werewolf in London. Where it's, like, all horrific, but it all happens at once. Instead of just, like, random bits happen. <laughs> well, I guess the idea is he starts to be introduced kind of steadily, and he doesn't know what's going on, and then he gets home after that really, really weird party. Which, which we will have about. to talk about. We have to yeah. talk about that. <laughs> And fully transforms and kind of realises, oh no, something's happening. And then it happens again later in another thing we absolutely have to talk about where he transforms on the basketball court in front of everybody. So it's kind of like a steady progression and then happens all at once. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that was a good way to do it though because gradually it's kind of like... It's kind of mirroring puberty. Oh, he's starting to get a little bit more hair. Oh, there's a lot more hair. But then it disappears. Just... And it, it, look, it made me laugh. That was the, that was the thing that, that happened. It, it, it like like he'd be driving the car in the surfing USA scene, and you see he's like he's got big <laughs> ears, and he's like whoa, and it just made me laugh. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. But, um, it was kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, and then there's like a there's a small scene in which he is because he's like he like he's delivering the hardware stuff to the school to the like the school play in which Pamela's there. Yeah, the girl he has a crush on. Yeah, he talks. He's like, "Hey, um, so I'm going to this party. I know you're going too. What do I? Would you like a ride? I've got a van." <laughs> oh, where did where did the uh, Michael J. Fox voice go? Yeah, he didn't do an impression. Oh goodness. Um. Oh. <laughs> hey, so I, so I'm, I'm going to this party, and like, I, you're going to this party too, and like, I, I, I was just gonna ask if you wanted to come with me. I've got a van. Much better. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that made me laugh. <laughs> so it was a good scene, uh. um, and a good line. But in that scene as well, we get to meet the incredibly creepy guy directing this play that seems to only star. <laughs> at least for most of the film, just this character, Stacy, and he's so weird and the overdramatic drama teacher. He's eccentric. It's, it's like overdramatic and also <laughs> super duper creepy. It is a bit. It, it, in some scenes, it's comedic, and other scenes, and other scenes, it's a bit creepy. Well, he just he's some of his lines just make you kind of it's not nice. And then yeah, when uh, Scott asks Pamela's boyfriend rocks up, and then takes her away and he's like ah dang it I missed my chance we get to see that the boyfriend's big and tough and scary and he looks like a 20 year old but that's because he probably is in real life like Michael J. Oh, Fox yeah. is probably about 20 as well well that's normal for these movies that, that they is cast true he d- older he was 23 yeah I mean look fair enough like we in, in those Tobey Maguire movies we had people who looked like they were almost 30 like it's fine <laughs> well see they do it in all these movies that they cast older but in this movie, yeah. it was almost to the point of, like, hilarity because there were yeah. some characters that genuinely looked 35 that were supposed to be <laughs> playing a teenager in high school. Mm. It was like they, they knew what they were meant to do, but they just did it so lazily that it was terrible. Oh, yeah. Like, the character Chubby, he was yeah. he was not a teen. He looked at least 30. I didn't even think about his age. That was the thing. I'm like, he was one of my favorite characters, though. Chubby or Chubbs, whatever they call him. Chubbs, I think it was. Something like that. He was fun, but I just was so thrown off. It's that first scene that we see him in the locker room that you really realize he looks so (laughs) much older than everyone else. We have that scene on the stage, and then it gets to the party, doesn't it? Yeah, so there's a small scene in which, like, Howard is like, hey, uh, we should talk about something, and, like, Scott's like, yeah, I think we should. I'm going through something. And then, like, you know, Styles is like, hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Yeah, come on, let's go. Oh, yeah, Styles turns up, and then they go and try and buy a keg of beer. Yeah, and then, yeah, Styles, and this is when I'm like, okay, you've lost me. It was like, okay, here's a toy gun. Put it in your jacket pocket. Yeah, Go into the good. store and rob him. Still pay him the money. He's <laughs> pay him the money. So, technically, it's not a robbery, but threaten him. And I love that was like the perfect like Michael like Scott was like yeah sure in like one motion grabs like I'm gonna hucks it in the back he goes I'm not gonna do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm just gonna go and pay for it Michael J Fox was the perfect choice for this movie though he's he's so good at comedy he's so good in this film <laughs> yeah he was definitely a highlight but then he goes in and he ends up having a, a wolf change. Yeah, yeah like his eyes glow red and he's like give me the kick his of beer his voice deepens. <laughs> And so he scares the guy who knows he's obviously underage, but yeah. the guy feels threatened, so he gives he's him like, ah, oh, puberty. <laughs> and that's how he gets his alcohol. There is a funny scene and a little bit of comeuppance later on, which is which is great. But um, yeah, so we talked about the surfing USA scene. So as they're driving there, you're like, yep. man, Styles is just the worst guy. And like, as he's on top of the thing, making an underage kid drive his car. Yeah, it's it's not great. He doesn't even have his <laughs> license, and you're like, this is not a good guy. And then like, and then they get to the party, and it turns out everyone knows him, which was weird because I, in my head, when the movie started, he seemed kind of like the outcast guy styles like the kind of weird guy that no one talks to but then we get to the party and he practically uh, runs the whole thing yeah it's not his house and it's not his party but he's running these really weird games maybe he just has like a like just the personality for it i guess i guess i just thought it was interesting it wasn't something i expected to see i think he's one of those guys that puts on a show for everyone yeah. else and tries to get them to like him and some people like him and other people can kind of see through it i think people allow it for the a situation like that 
But there were so many weird things at that party. And then, like, yeah, so Stars walks in at the case, like, I got the keg, man, just like your ass. He's like, oh, yeah, man, just chuck it in the pile. And there's a massive pile of kegs. And his, and his face just drops. He's like, oh. Because he worked so hard to get it, and he thought he was going to be the champion, and they yeah. already had so many. So he needed another way to gain their approval. So he started this very weird game where people drew other people's names out of hats. But it's like it's like it's like roulette. The seven minutes in heaven yeah. part of it yeah. was normal. They had that. That's a normal party game, right? I know what that is, and I look at seven minutes in heaven. I'm like, that makes sense. That it does. Makes it gets sense. played at house parties. I think especially it's more of a US thing. Yeah, probably. But that was normal. What was weird was the people lying covered in, I think, cream whipped on cream. the floor. It was whipped cream. I saw the can. Whipped cream. The jelly <laughs> that got put down someone's oh shirt. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so these were, these were almost like dares that these yeah. people had to do with a partner that was drawn out of a hat and... Being run by Styles. Right. So, so the first bit we've seen is like these two people, I think they're tied together in like maybe their underwear... Covered in whipped cream. They're in their underwear, covered in whipped cream. I think they have to untie themselves, but they they're stuck on the floor and tied together and covered in whipped cream, which makes it a bit difficult. Yeah, um, and so and after that challenge ends, um, you see that Booth has got. Um, I'm not sure it ends. I think it keeps going. They just keep moving past. Oh, yeah, it goes through the whole Actually, game. Actually, they're true. still on the floor later. You see them later. Actually, I thought it, I thought that was two different people doing the same thing, but no, that makes sense. No, I think it's the same thing. But then <laughs> Styles draws a name out of this big black hat being held by a woman who looks about 40 and is dressed in what can only be described <laughs> as lingerie that's true that's very what i weird. forgot about her i was very like strange. she looks strange for this party I, why and she I was there really i don't know why she was dressed like that i don't know but like but there you go okay so he pulls out bruce's name and then she has got um pamela's boyfriend's name and then she sees that Pamela's got Scott, so she oh, lies no. and has to say it's Scott. And so they go in to have seven minutes in heaven. And then while that's happening, he draws two other people out of the hat. Yeah, Chubbs rocks up. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, so Chubbs, what you gotta do is you gotta eat all this jello. And he's like, that should be easy enough. And then and then she's like, well, what do I do? And he, and he goes, well, you're the plate. And he tips it down her top. Yeah, and Chubbs promptly picks her up. <laughs> buries his head in her chest and they walk off screen. I'm like, what the hell is this party? So, very weird party. And then we get to see inside the closet where Boof and Scott are hanging out uncomfortably. It's uncomfortable at first and then it it goes, as the game does. Yeah, I, I didn't expect that to happen. I expected that to be like an awkward conversation. I didn't expect for like Boof to actually just go, just be forward about it. I kind of liked that Boof went for it. I was like, yeah, man, go for what you want. Look at it I was go. Like, all right, yeah, cool, good with on you. With consent, with consent, but look at her go. Then the note I wrote down after that scene was like, this party gives me too much anxiety. It was just a stressful <laughs> party, I think. I think they went in with the idea of like, let's make this look like an all-American, you know, teenage party, but it just had actors way too old to be in this party. And then weird elements. It feels a bit like a frat party, but they're in high school, so it's weirder. So what happens after the party scene? After the scene, he runs home because of his transformation. And we get to see right. his transformation scene in the bathroom. Which is disgusting. You say he that. Looks good scene. So gross. But like I've seen I've seen uh, like a more disgusting version of this, which is the American werewolf in London. Well, because we should probably say he changes and is freaking out and then his dad knocks on the door. This is the Yeah, it's the first time he changes fully yeah. into a werewolf and he's in the bathroom at home. Yeah, but he opens the door to his dad and his dad is also a werewolf. It's like a dog, like a cute puppy. Although he looks much, much better groomed, I will say. Oh, uh, it was... I uh, <laughs> I think it was, a, it was a really good reveal finding out that his dad was yeah, a werewolf. Yeah, it was really that cool. That took me off guard. It was a funny reveal. It was a good one. But, like, I think the note I have written down is, like, the transformation is both horrific and dumb at the same time. <laughs> you know, apparently they shot that entire transformation in one day. Like, with all the makeup and everything in one day. One day? Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, like, the dad talks about, like, he's sitting down and he's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, it's, it's, it, runs in the, it runs in the family and sometimes it skips a generation. I, I was, was hoping, hoping it, it would skip, skip you. you. He sits down at the table and he goes, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> and I was like, they jet. 
Amazing Spider-Man didn't say the line. Uh, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming, they didn't say the line. Teen Wolf, the 1985 film, says the line, with great power comes great responsibility. In which uh, Scott goes, nah. (laughs) (laughs) There's kind of two things that I thought about that scene. One, the fact that the dad, when he opens it all, he's obviously changed. It implies that it's possible to fully control you're changing back and forth very easily if his dad could do it so simply. Just Scott can't control it yet. Yeah, yet. I thought they were going to take the route of him like learning to perfectly control when he is and isn't the wolf, which they didn't quite. But the other thing, the only note I have really written about the bathroom scene is that that scene looks like it would smell really bad. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only thing I thought when they opened the door and the only thing I originally thought when they opened the door and it was... Scott as a wolf facing his dad as a wolf I just thought god I feel like it would have smelled I just it gives off that vibe that scene okay that's fair I I wasn't thinking that but fair enough I think it's just the the costumes and everything they just look like it wouldn't be a, a nice place to film stinky scene I feel I actually quite like this sequence which is like uh, Scott he's like at school and he's just trying to ignore it and so he's asked the write up something on the board and when he goes to do that he sees the nails and the hair and he's like I gotta go not even that he's just like he just runs (laughs) runs straight out of the classroom oh and it has because he's running to a bathroom and he goes to the first bathroom and like the the janitor says sorry man the um the floors are all wet and he runs and he he goes the floor's wet there too and you just see him (laughs) slipping and sliding and it was it was kind of unnecessarily long that scene but but it was so good it's my favourite scene in the film. It was very funny. Especially because, like, it cut to, like, another angle. And he just... Sl- and he's trying to run through... He's trying to, like, run and turn into a hallway. And he just slides right past. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good scene. I, I liked that one. So the next... So, like, the next kind of story beats, like, he tells his friend Styles, And Styles after a scene which is uh, homophobic. Which is, I wrote in my notes, dated film. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Although I think the reason he was like that was because he secretly was gay himself. And, and yeah, he was kind of trying to project that he wasn't. That was what I thought about it, but it is open, I guess, to interpretation. Yeah, and, and so he shows off that he's a wealth, and he can kind of control it now. He's a bit like, well, I mean, I, I can make it so like it happens when I want it to, but also... It- it also happens when I don't want it to, so like it's a kind of a mixed bag. Yes, impressions are back. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see like the dollar signs in Styles' eyes. Yeah. Yeah, Styles isn't a great friend in this, is he? He just wants yeah. to make money. I guess he does like Michael J. Fox's character. He does like Scott, but he's just He just he uses him a bit. Yeah. So we have the the pivotal basketball scene where Unintentionally, Scott ends up revealing to everybody else that he is a werewolf. What? Crazy, what? <laughs> I have a specific note about it. <laughs> yes. That just says, there was panic, and then everyone was so cool with Scott suddenly changing into a wolf on the b-ball court. <laughs> it was like, oh, you play good ball now? Word. You know, and no one <laughs> minded anymore. Oh, I loved it because... Before that happened, he just transforms everyone's sound and he has the basketball and he just like dribbles it to the other side of the court and it just scores a hoop. Yeah, he just shoots in. He's like, hey, look, I'm really good at this game now. And everyone's like, oh, sick. <laughs> Never mind. You know, awesome. Proceed as yeah, normal. Yeah, that was him using uh, his powers responsibly. <laughs> but basically, what you were saying, Georgia, I absolutely agree with. Because at first I thought everyone would see that and then they'd be like, oh, no, this guy's an outcast now. We can't look at him or be around him. But at first they were surprised, and then it was just like, oh, they would chill with it, which was really weird because you'd think people living in an ordinary world would find a wolf very strange. Well, you would think it would be really off-putting that this guy you went to school with just turned into a wolf in front of you. But the fact he can play basketball yeah. now makes it all okay. It's all good now. Yeah, the shock wore off very quickly. Oh, yeah, it was. But that was that was okay because it kind of pushed forward uh, the rest of the plot where it was like, oh, now he's popular when he's a werewolf and people like him when he's a werewolf. But He's the leader of the pack. Yeah. <laughs> but when he sees normal self, he feels like no one likes him. Yeah. 
So he feels like he has to be someone else. He has to be his alter ego of, of the, the werewolf, werewolf yeah. for people to like him. My point with this movie, kind of the bone I have to pick with it, is I very much felt like it was all fun and games. Like it was just kind of a movie about a like teen wolf, whatever. But then in the last 20 or so minutes of the movie, they really started to push this message of like, you should be yourself and it's always better to be yourself. And it seemed really crammed in there. And talking about it, it's not as much as I kind of thought it was when I was watching it. Because you see, you know, oh, he starts to struggle earlier on with whether or not he wants to kind of be the wolf. But yeah, I think the fact that in my watching of it, that was what I thought kind of speaks for itself. That's fair enough. I I think it was kind of hinted at at the start of the movie and then you've also got Styles kind of showing that in a different way like he's another person that's trying to get everyone to like him by being someone different. Yeah, I think they maybe lost their way a little bit because there was a weird section where it just turned into like he's the wolf and everyone's super okay with it and he's super okay with it and the only people saying hey maybe chill (laughs) is like just boof and that's like it. But then they kind of recovered it a bit more towards the end. Yeah, it was very sudden, him becoming the popular wolf, definitely. So that could have been done a bit more gradually. The next scene I wanted to start bringing up, where uh, it's Harold and um, Scott, and they're talking in the kitchen. And then he's like, like, has Rusty gone out for you yet? And he's like, oh, kind of, but not really. I guess <laughs> I can explain why. So, And then he does a backstory of which... <laughs> More dialogue revelations. Yeah, yeah, but like, I suppose, you, yeah. Yeah, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, that was, that was just like a scene of dialogue. It wasn't like a, it could have done a flashback, but like. I mean, it was, they had two brilliant yeah, it was, actors in it, it, was it though, a good so it was scene. definitely fine to watch. It wasn't like, oh, this is uncomfortable to watch, it's taking me out of the movie. Mm. Yeah, so there's a rivalry yeah. between the principal or vice principal or whatever he is and Scott's dad, and that's why the vice principal person hates Scott. The reason he's talking about this is because he's like, hey, I know you like the wolf a lot, but like, you should be careful because, and he explains the story, it's like, well, he was like trying to get with her and I was like, obviously not in like a, hey, would you like to come with her? Like, hey, come over here. And Harold turned it to the wolf and he scared Rusty to the point of like, Yeah, and he regretted turning into the wolf out of anger, is what he was telling Scott. Yeah, he was like, I don't know who was more afraid, Rusty or me. And mm. then, like, Scott's like, yeah, no, like, I don't know, man, like, uh, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> and then so, when that scene happened, I'm like, something clicked, and I'm like, there's a better movie in here. There is a four-star movie in here. They just, if they followed the right themes, if you remade this film... Don't get me wrong, I'm glad there's a TV show with the same name, and, like, that's a thing. I'm like, I don't know anything about the TV show except for it reminds me of a mix of, like, uh, Smallville and uh, uh, Riverdale. That's a pretty good description. So, I've actually seen the entire TV series. Oh, Josh. (laughs) My sister got me into it. At first I was like, oh, I'm going to hate this. It's a teen (laughs) show about wolves, and it's overly dramatic. It's not even a comedy. And... Anyway, I got really into it. I saw the entire thing. It's very over the top, but I really enjoyed it. I've heard it's good. It's just like all the stuff I've heard is it's almost entirely like they're like, oh, you know, wolves is like the side plot and the main part of it is like, but I love this guy, but then he loves that girl, but then what am I going to do? And I was like, ah, oh, so it's, it's a show like that. It's, it's a bit like Twilight, I guess, in some ways. <laughs> Except you remove the vampire, so half the problems are solved. Yeah, it was a very interesting TV series. And it's weird because it's a TV series based on just this 1985 comedy movie that was a parody of other Teen Wolf movies in the past. So it's very, very strange that they're basing this really dramatic teen drama romancy thing on a movie from 85. Yeah, it it is strange. Another strange thing as well is that I am sure the budget for the Teen Wolf TV series for just a season of that was way higher oh, for sure. than the budget for this, this movie. Oh, yeah. I watched the trailer for the for the first season and I'm like, yeah, you can tell the budget's higher. Apparently uh, the budget for like season four or something was over $10 million, but I might, don't quote me on that, I might have my sources wrong, but that's just... You could make five of Teen Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I'd say this film could do well in a remake if you just like you have a if you pick out a few f- themes and stuff about him being like of like his self acceptance stuff, which kind of like starts at like the th- last third of the film, and that's the rest of the point of the film is his self acceptance being like, hey, yeah. I want to be me and not the wolf. I didn't completely see that throughout the film. That kind of happened there. Well, that was my issue with it. Yeah, I didn't find that too big of a problem because. Earlier on in the film, they did kind of allude to Scott just trying to make people like him, especially trying to make Pamela like him, and he's just not confident in himself and that sort of thing. Well, it is. It's present in the rest of the film. I think you just have to look for it a bit more. Yeah, like if if you remade this, my pitch for this remake is you expand on the themes, you take the same music because the music is spot on. This could fit well for a remake. That's not just the, uh, a solid TV show that I haven't watched and don't really plan on watching. Oof. <laughs> well, I don't. Like, <laughs> Does that cut you to your core, Josh? It's like four seasons. I barely watch TV shows of one season. Six, six seasons. Oh. <laughs> six seasons and actually... Um, How many episodes? How many episodes per season? season? Six seasons, not a movie, unfortunately. Uh, oh, another community reference. How many How many episodes per season? I'm pretty sure it got up to like 100 episodes. But, oh, 100 episodes. Oh, but the thing that. is, I, I never thought I would watch it either but then you know i got suggested by my sister and like we watched a bit of it and then i got into it i think it's something you've got to like watch with someone like you know that um series on netflix it's uh it's like miraculous ladybug and cat noir oh yeah i I watched that with my sister to the point that we like obsessed with it you know and like stuff would happen and we'd be like no we like shout about it and stuff it's i think it's one of those things that you <laughs> that's just, fair you enough. get into it like with someone else i don't think i would ever independently go and watch that just like i wouldn't ever independently go and watch the series of teen wolf <laughs> but if someone else is like come watch it with me it kind of becomes like a like oh okay it's a fun, it's a fun activity it. yeah yeah and it's fun to make fun of it together as yeah. well all the bad stuff you know I'll put it on my when I've got absolutely nothing else to watch list. <laughs> we haven't talked about the dance in which Scott turns into a werewolf. He's listening to um, Staying Alive by the Bee Gees, but the instrumental version because there's no lyrics. And he's putting on his suit and he's like, you know, dancing on the song. He's well, like, hang, hang on. Just, bef- just before the prom bit, we've got... Yes, true. Scott wants to take Pamela, but she doesn't want to go with him yeah 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 so she doesn't want to go with him she says because she's going with her boyfriend she says she already has a date so then boof is walking down the street with scott and basically she says she she wants to go with him but she wants to go with him as him not as the wolf and he's like what but everyone loves the wolf and then he lo- and then there's a yeah the sounds of pause and he's well like, he says he's gonna go as the wolf but then he kind of says he goes you know will you still dance with me if I'm the wolf and she goes oh, alright like she'll do you know one dance with him as a wolf but she makes it very clear that she prefers him as Scott and not the wolf I also love the fact that they're arguing this scene in fr- like there's a gardener in the background yeah they're just walking down the street and it's just I just love that and just mid-argument and he's just like doing the garden and I just wrote that that's just the funniest bit of the scene well the extras in this movie uh, there's that bit at the end um, in the very last scene <laughs> <laughs> the extras the really shine in this they movie. They really do. Oh, are you, are you thinking the same thing I'm thinking with the extra I at think, the end? yeah. Though, where one of the guys had their fly Yes, down? the scene with the jeans at the very end. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. But yeah, then it gets to your... It just forgot to zip up before they started recording. Well, it does, but... That's what I reckon. They, they like write about it. Like, it's a thing. And there are fan theories that, like, it's a woman and stuff. What? It's a whole thing. I'll talk about it later. But yeah, so then we get to... <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about okay. that. Okay. So then we get to the scene. He's getting ready for like the dance, like you were talking about, Connor. And then it kind of gets to mm. the dance. And, you know, it's a nice groovy time. They're having to listen to the music. They're doing the werewolf dance. Yeah, typical high school prom, except that everyone is copying Michael J. Fox. And also that they're in one corner of the gym. It looked like they were in the middle of the they're gym. Just, yeah, but I was in like, they're just, they're all in one section. Like, they're not spread out yeah, across like, the gym. I don't know if they didn't have a big enough cast to fill the gym, but everyone's just stuck in like one It was a real group. weird bit. I think that's probably it. They probably didn't have enough people to fill it up. Yeah, so like, there's a bit of dancing and stuff and then like, Pamela's trying to do something and then like, you know, Malcolm, which is the name of the boyfriend. Ah, big tough boyfriend. Yeah. He's like, stay away from her. 
<laughs> which he actually was because he isn't actually going for Pamela at the yeah. dance. He yeah, he wasn't. Her. He was dancing. Yeah, he was dancing with Boo. He ignores her for Boo. But um, sorry, I just uh, I really appreciated that impression as well, Connor. Yeah, because, Not quite as good as the Michael J. Fox one. <laughs> well, because he pushes Scott over. Does he push him over or does he punch him in the face? Oh no, he punches him in the face. Yeah, yeah punches him in the face, and he claps on the ground, and Booth goes on the ground, and then he he insults Booth. Yeah, so Scott goes all wolfy. Everyone's like, whoa, because he teared Malcolm's shirt. <laughs> yeah. And they were holding back a fight and like, whoa, hold on a second. But Scott just ran away from that because he wanted to get away from the situation. Yeah, so Scott left the building and then like Rusty is like, well, well, well. Yeah. I expected this to happen. And don't worry, yeah. you're not going to go back in there. In fact, you're never going to come back here again. And then the champion... <laughs> Oh, Howard rocks up. His dad comes and saves the day. <laughs> so he's just like, hey, Rusty. He's having a tough time. He's going through some changes. Leave him alone. <laughs> and it's just so good. Because he runs off and he's like, leave him alone. He's not expelled. And then he goes to say something. And like you, you can hear the growl and you can feel the eyes go red. And then like he looks down and goes, old reliable Rusty. <laughs> oh, I found something about why she's called Boof. Sorry. Why? Side note. So I was looking at this thing on, uh, on 80s Movies Guide about Teen Wolf, mm. um, and it says, It's hard not to notice and wonder why the unusual nickname of Scott's girlfriend, Lisa Boof Marconi. Like, you know, why does it exist? Oh, spoiler. Girlfriend? What? <laughs> well, it's, it's implied at the end of the movie. Um, and it says, That was taken from real life. It was the real name of one of the high school girlfriends of the writers. So there you go. It's got nothing to do with the movie itself. Wait, like the real name? Like the non-nickname? It doesn't say. <laughs> it says it was the real name of the high school girlfriend of one of the writers. Interesting. Yeah, one of them's like, I dated a girl called Booth. And then they were like, yes, put it in the movie. I think that's basically how this movie was written. It was like, yeah, do that. Yeah, put that in. The thing is, I think we are being a bit harsh about this movie as well, because it's meant to be a comedy, and it's meant to be parodying some other wolf movies that were going on in the 50s, and even yeah. one earlier in the 80s as well, so it's it's not taking itself too seriously, and it's not trying to be the best film in the world. Mm. So I think it did... It was really good. I liked it. It was pitched in the US as like a PG film, and like a bunch of families went there, which is interesting. Considering it features like underage drinking and car surfing and like casual Again, sex and all these other the things. It's the eighties. It's the eighties. It's kind of funny, but um, that's just how that worked. Yeah, I've got some other little tidbits, but I'll save it till the end of the movie. So yeah, he storms out, and like you see that moment before, he's like, "I regret doing that. I feel bad." And that's when he starts to go to things like he goes to the play, going, "Hey, I'd rather not." He's like, "Hey, I'd rather not be like the wolf." Anymore, can't I just be like me? And he gets fired from the play. Because he's bad at and acting. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, it, and also he's not the wolf. Yeah, sorry guys, I think we should also mention the reason why he suddenly decided not to be the wolf as well. So like, after that prom, he felt the same way his dad felt when he threatened a guy as the wolf. It's yeah. like he was turning into it out of anger and he felt guilty because he can't keep using this and he has to start being himself, so he has to stop being the wolf. Yeah. Nice message. Very nice. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, and so we have that scene, and we have, like, the final scene where, like, they're watching the basketball game. Uh, Scott's a bit late, and everyone else is, like, there. And then he rocks up, and then everyone goes silent, and the coach walks over and goes, oh, so, um, where's the wolf? And, and he's like, I'm not going to be the wolf. And he's like, you serious? And he's like, yeah, man. Like, but you suck at this. Like, we're going to lose. <laughs> But that's why I like the coach. Oh, he's very honest, isn't he? Because he's like, we're going to lose, and then if you don't do it, and he's like, well, I want to do it anyway, and he goes, oh, all right. <laughs> you know, like, why not? <laughs> if you insist. I'm sitting there being like, imagine if they, because they made, like, the Cobra Kai series, which is based on the original Karate Kid, which is, like, the rival. Imagine if they made a movie, it was like a basketball, like, sports movie, and it was like, yeah, the top team, they have a werewolf. <laughs> They are they're yeah. practically doing steroids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, come on! That just made me realize some really obscure reference that was in How I Met Your Mother once. Have you, you guys have seen How I Met Your Mother, right? Uh, it's been years. Oh, I have. Yeah, I watched all of How I Met Your Mother. I loved it. Yes, awesome. 
This reminded me of a reference, what Connor was just saying from How I Met Your Mother, where Marshall was coaching these kids who played basketball. Yeah. And the team they were versing were all like mammoth, super tall people. (laughs) And one of them, Marshall was like, oh, I think he's actually a wolf. Oh man, I didn't realize Death. that was a reference to this, but that's so great. Well, there you oh. go. Yeah, this is this is why you watch my weird movies that I pick because <laughs> yeah, then, you then go, we can get subtle references. Yeah, you get like you're like, oh, that's Simpsons episode, of course. <laughs> so we're up to like the the final game, the basketball right? scene. Yeah, and so like they huddle in, they they go, yeah, all right, go team, and then they go and do the basketball stuff. Very sweaty. So sweaty. Yeah, and and they do well, better than usual, I guess, because they start working as a team. And I feel like he's picked up how to be better at basketball after being the wolf. (laughs) So even though he's not the wolf anymore, he's still a lot better. And we discover like, oh, look, different characters are actually really good at shooting. Wow. Why didn't we discover this before in all the games of basketball we previously played? That was because Scott was hogging the ball. <laughs> like, literally, they were eating an <laughs> apple while the thing was like, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> that was really nice as well, because it showed a bit of a subtle change in the rest of the teammates, because earlier on they were complaining that, ah, oh, Scott's taking over everything. Yeah, and now he's willing to share. Yeah, and now, exactly, he's sharing with everyone. Everyone likes him again now that he's back to his normal self. Which is weird because Scott thought no one liked him at his normal self. How nice. Yeah. Well, because none of the basketball guys liked him as the wolf. Yeah. Like, he tries to talk to, to Chubbs earlier in the film and he's like basically tells him to like go away because he doesn't like him when he's being the wolf, which is kind of nice. That was a great scene because everyone was being their true selves and they were on the verge of losing the game, but then they won it at the end. It was very high school musical-like. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, you could got to get your head in the game. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and then and uh. they win, and it's like, woohoo. Oh, I just want to say the best thing happens after they win as well. Like, now Scott's popular as himself because he won the game or people have accepted him, whatever, but... Pamela wants to go straight up to him yeah. like the popular girl. She wants to go up to him at the end because he's popular again, but he like almost literally shoves her out of the way and walks straight to Booth. And goes and kisses Booth, and I'd be like, oh, if he wasn't so sweaty. Yeah, I, I watched that and I was like, mm, no, no thank you. I'd be like, go shower and then come back. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, yeah. It was a great way to end it though. It was. I, I really liked that. This is a freeze frame and everything. I was just going to say that's the scene where we get to see an extra truly forget that they're being filmed, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that was really interesting. So you guys noticed this, but I very much didn't. So what are you talking about? <laughs> so in, in that scene, we've got the crowd like rejoicing, Scott and Booth, and it's all, it's all cute. And if you look just kind of up and slightly to the left of them, there's an extra who stands up whose jeans like their fly is undone and they obviously yeah. <laughs> realize that it's undone and they kind of tug their shirt over zip it up and you can see them do their button and then they just stand there like woo as if none of it's <laughs> happened and it's just it's completely in view for the whole thing and there were theories about this were there yeah so some people say because it's the 80s everyone was wearing really tight pants and as <laughs> I'm, I've fallen victim to it too you sit down and you kind of like unbutton them while you're sitting because it, it, they're too tight. So apparently they shot this scene a couple times. Um, and so it's it's assumed that the person just stood up and didn't realise and then fixed it. But I've read in a couple places, they kind of say, after closer examination, it's believed it was a girl, based on, like, figure, I guess, um, who buttons and zips up her pants <laughs> on closer camera. closer examination. Because she'd undone her too tight pants to sit on the bleachers. Ah, well, my theory is way more boring than that. Just what I thought was happening was that it was a bit of a, uh, a mistake when filming, and then the people filming it were just like, oh, let's keep it in. That's funny. Well, I think it was, because they say, well, what they've said, they've got a, there's a quote from one of the writers here. He said, during a reunion screening Q&A, no, none of us saw the guy in the bleachers that pulled his beep out of the end. (laughs) But if you're here, I hope your mum is very proud of you. So it had kind of gone unnoticed until it aired on VH1, it says. Wow. I'm watching the scene now. I'm just seeing (laughs) if I can see if I can find it. Yeah, you guys continue. I'll tell you if I can notice. But um, it is. Mm. I just thought it was such a funny thing. <laughs> and it, to me, it kind it, of reads to the tone of the movie that it was done very quickly. And I don't think they noticed everything. Like there's an earlier shot, I think when they're walking down the street at the start, where you can see 
I think it's like a like a camera track or something reflected uh, reflected in the window because they just didn't mm, yeah dolly track yeah, yeah I think they were bits that they just kind of didn't really pay attention to because they were filming so quickly and some of those things were the reason why I gave it the ex- the point one of a star reduction yeah from four stars yeah but it's amazing that they did all that in three weeks still but yeah. Of course, there were there were bound to be mistakes. So there was that yeah that dolly showing in the background in the window of one and of the shots. And they reuse shots in a basketball game. They drive past the same restaurant twice. Yeah, when when Styles is surfing on the van, yeah. they drive past a Jack in the Box oh two my times. Goodness! Did you see it, Connor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there were there were definitely mistakes. Yeah. Just before the freeze frame it happened. <laughs> oh my god, imagine if they'd missed that. Imagine if they had didn't realise Freeze that. frame on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. but it's quite good. Anyway, like so that was one of the minor letdowns. Yeah. It made it funnier. And to be fair, there were some good parts about the cinematography as well. Like that reverse tracking shot that they had at one point where Scott is walking down the hall just after he's been popular and he's a wolf and he's surrounded by people. That was that was a cool shot. I liked that one. It's definitely got like good notes. There's just stuff that you can clearly see it was a bit hurried, I guess. Yeah, which is fair enough. I mean... Uh, just over a million dollar budget in three weeks it's yeah. pretty tough to make an amazing film but i think they definitely made a good film and they made a very funny film as well i really enjoyed it yeah let's uh, tackle some final thoughts on the movie so has your guys's uh, ratings changed since the beginning or has it stayed the same yeah so i did want to mention one of the other fun little things i found about this movie there's again it's that 80s movies guide thing so who knows like it could be wrong but <clears throat> they've listed a quote from michael j fox saying looking back i have no idea what i was thinking i begged my friends <laughs> for reassurance that this choice of role wasn't a surefire career killer and with kind hearts and straight faces, they lied. Don't worry about it. It'll be great. Which I think kind of sums up um, well, my thoughts on the movie. It wasn't a, it wasn't a career killer. I mean, he had it a was, great no. career after yeah, that. Yeah, only Michael J. Fox had a great career after that. Yeah, no one else I don't think uh, really went on to be amazing. The others kept doing things. Like, yeah. I think the actor for Styles has been in, like, so many TV shows. Oh uh, yeah, TV maybe, but not. He didn't do a lot of movies. I think Michael J. Fox went on to be the only like successful one, like fully, like really successful. And I think that was mainly because after this, he had his other roles that kind of kept him going. Yeah, Back to the Future. And people saw this because yeah. of him. Um, family ties. Although this this movie wasn't really, like, I have to say, it wasn't a failure by any means. No, like, no, for sure. One point two million budget. Filmed in three weeks, made $33 million. I do think they did well with what they had. Yeah. My rating is still a three out of five, but I do want to add, I kind of bashed this film a lot throughout this episode, but I did enjoy watching it. I don't think I'd be ever saying, like, it's my favourite movie ever or anything like that, but if you are looking for something to watch and you want to have a good laugh, this this movie works for that. It's enjoyable, it's got some really good lines in it. It just has bits that I think could have been done a little bit better, which you can attribute to the small budget and really tight time frame that it was filmed in. But yeah, it's it's not a bad movie. It's not a great movie. It's a three out of five, you know? Yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah, I felt a bit like the opposite of Georgia <laughs> in that I was spending most of the time trying to defend this movie because, well, yes, it does have its shortcomings. It's a very enjoyable movie. Like, the funny parts were funny. There was lots of great physical humour, lots of slapstick. Michael J. Fox running across the water, that scene that we <laughs> saw. It was like, there, was, there were lots of funny parts, loads of great one-liners as well especially by coach like we've mentioned and michael j fox is always brilliant comedically so i think like georgia was saying if you're after a funny movie and you're not too worried whether the movie's perfect or not yeah would definitely recommend this because it's it's a lot of fun to watch and my rating is going to stay the same 3.9 so 
very very close to a four. Yeah, that, that's that's fair. That's fair. I'm uh, my rating hasn't changed. It's still the three out of five. I mean, that's again, that's that's fair. That's fair. Like it's <laughs> like I it was almost a three point five. But when I realized that there Aww. is a better film that could be made out of this, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's gonna go to a three. I feel like saying Aww. like that's fair is kind of like a summary on this movie. It's like yeah, yeah. It's like it's like it's a good time. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed myself, but like you know. I'll I'll probably watch it again eventually, but yeah. Not the greatest right. piece of cinema ever created, but not a bad movie. You could put it on with some friends and have a laugh. You'd have a good time, you know? Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> that's what Teen Wolf 2, on the other hand. I almost watched that, but then I, I decided I'd had enough it's, Wolf for one night. I saw that when I was watching this in Stan. Does yeah. it have Michael J. Fox in it? What's the deal no. for this one? No. Different character, like different actor. It's about his cousin. Oh, no. Oh, I've heard it's terrible. They probably had a higher budget, though, and more time. But. Uh, I saw a review, which is, like, uh, Jason Bateman, who plays the main... Which is a good actor, but, like, that, he, that's mm. one of, like, he, uh, he's the main character in Teen Wolf 2. And it's the review is him going, Yeah, I think taking over Michael J. Fox in this subpar sequel will be a great idea. The narrator. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, fair enough. So I think, I think eventually I will go and pick Teen Wolf 2, but not anytime soon. <laughs> Yes, Connor. I think now we're around about uh, comes to recommendations. Josh, do you have any recommendations? My recommendation for this is I've talked about it and it's it has to be recommended and I never thought I would recommend this TV series. It is Teen Wolf. Like you guys were saying, it's obviously not crazy well made, but it's entertaining to watch. And even though it's not a comedy, it definitely feels like a comedy because of all the crazy stuff that's going on, all the weird love triangles and stuff. So I would definitely recommend that, especially if you want to see Scott and Styles and the coach again. The coach in that series was actually really similar to the coach in this movie which was good that's good styles was a way better guy in the tv series than he was in the movie which is really good as well it was a good series definitely had its problems probably more problems than teen wolf the movie but entertaining and great to make fun of so i would recommend that oh fair enough do you have a recommendation connor uh, do I have a recommendation? I haven't been doing much. I don't know. I'd recommend Stan. That was a like I really like that subscription service. I appreciate that Stan has a willingness to be weird. Like they could go, we can collect whatever movies we want. Like Netflix is just like, oh, we've got some movies, but like Stan has just a such a better variety of films. I feel like I've not used Stan enough as I should because I've got it, but I'm never on there. Yeah, it's a little bit underutilized, isn't it? It's just Netflix takes over everything. Yeah. I'll go through my list. So my list that I have has got like, you know, Adventure Time, Powerpuff Girls, Johnny Bravo, uh, like, you know, Ben 10. You got like your, your classic, like your Cartoon Network TV shows, which I have pretty much all of them there. And then what else do I have <laughs> on my list? Masters of the Universe. Which is the He-Man live-action movie they made in the 80s. Oh. They have that on Stan. You know what Netflix doesn't have? Netflix doesn't have He-Man Masters of the Universe. That's all I'm saying. It has a weird variety of movies. And, like, Netflix is fine. It has some good stuff there. I guess Netflix is a bit more commercial. Like, they put on stuff there they know is going to do well. Yeah, I guess. I think Stan's a bit more like they put on stuff... Like, hey, you should watch this thing. It's like a fun time and not Netflix, which goes, hey, you should watch this thing because we spent a lot of money to get it on our service. Like, it, it's just such a better service, at least for me. For me, it's a better service because it's just a bunch of weird stuff. I'm like, ooh, that one sounds like fun. There we go. You heard it here. Stan is better than Netflix. Stan is better than Netflix. Ooh. Interesting stance to take there. Bold claims. <laughs> We'd like to add that Connor's views do not represent the views of this entire podcast cast. Uh, please take his <laughs> word at his risk. Well, there you go. Get Stan. Connor's recommendation for this episode. 
Sure is. Now, um, Georgia, do you have a recommendation? My recommendation this week is to, because I'm, you know, sappy, um, check in on your friends and make the effort to have a good chat. Because this week I actually hung out with um, some friends of mine and I hung out with more friends this week than I have in like a month. And it's really nice to... (laughs) to talk to your friends, I guess. It's underrated. Yeah, as we're recording this, the world is still in the COVID-19 pandemic and it's difficult. But restrictions are loosening a little bit. Restrictions are getting better, which is why I could see friends. I follow the rules. And I, I think every, I, I didn't really realize how isolated I had been in terms of, I wasn't even really texting friends or anything. And it's, it's really nice to reconnect with those friends. I think sometimes there's a definite tendency to kind of undervalue what friends can give you so yeah check in on your friends have a good chat talk about something stupid it doesn't really matter what but kind of just like i guess i guess reach out listen to who brought the popcorn together (laughs) i I think that's a great good recommendation georgia very very left field but good recommendation (laughs) i wonder if this is gonna become a a common thing maybe we'll have to wait for future episodes so i'm just gonna end the podcast here i'm connor (laughs) i'm georgia i'm josh for the podcast I would like to end each episode on like a quote and I've got a quote here from Coach so I'm going to read it out there are three rules that I live by one I never get less than 12 hours sleep two never play cards with a guy who has the same first name as a city and three never get involved with a woman with a tattoo of a dagger on her body now if you stick to that everything else is going to be cream cheese <laughs>